it doesn't have to be music, but if you can take something with your pain and translate it into something positive, I think it'll help you feel a lot better about it. And there's a lot of resources out there for people to get help. And, you know, I think you just got to kind of stick through the bad times to get to the good ones. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Trevor Talks. I'm your host, Trevor Tyson. I'm so excited that each and every single one of you have taken time out of your day to just join us for this conversation. I think it's going to be fun. It's probably one of my favorites that I've had in quite a while, and we haven't even had it yet. So here we go. I just want to give a special shout out before we get started to our friends at Life Audio for making this week's episode possible. So special thank you to them. And this week's guest is a powerhouse vocalist, lyricist, and the frontman of one of my favorite metalcore bands, Dayseeker. They have a new record on the horizon, which is called Dark Sun. And let me just tell you all, it's a masterpiece. So if you've been looking for some metalcore gold, you go listen to Dark Sun. And by the time this comes out, it may not be out yet, but you know what? It's coming, and you better be ready for it. So please help me welcome Mr. Rory Rodriguez. Rory, thank you for being here, man. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again for having me, dude. I appreciate it. Dude, of course. It's like like I was telling you before, I've actively been listening to this thing nonstop. I had a four-hour flight from L.A. back to Atlanta the other day, and I listened to it the whole way. And I'm like, this is something you can get lost in and actually feel like you're enjoying a full album as a whole. It's not like you had 20 singles come out off of it and then you dropped a record. Like this is something that fans are going to get lost in. And even people that haven't heard of Dayseeker before, it really just defines a whole new genre. It feels like, so I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that's amazing. Yeah. Thanks man. It's, uh, I mean, I think we, we didn't like change the formula, like too hardcore from like sure. sleep talk, but it was definitely like, I feel like, I, always, I look back on Sleep Talk and I feel like we were still kind of trying to live in like our like metal kind of metalcore roots. I mean, I feel like this yeah. one, like while while we were working on it, I was like, some of these parts remind me of like, like Jimmy World or like Taking Back Sunday, like, like more just like a rock band. And then obviously like we kind of lean into like the sort of like synth wave kind of 80 sounds uh for a lot of like the synthesizers on the record so i'm i'm like super happy with it but it, it is always very uh very scary putting something new out into the world and just hoping like people oh, of course. enjoy it you know well especially when the synthesizers are synced in with breakdowns and you're just like uh, pulling the whole 80s vibe in there with the synthesizers and it's just a perfect formula that you found. And after hearing sleep talk and falling in love with it, like during the pandemic, it's like, can they top it? Can they not? And I'm happy to say, like, I don't think you can actively say that you can top something like that because it was a masterpiece, but they're both in the same lane. Like they're both masterpieces. So shout out to y'all for just <laughs> going out on a whim and trying something new. Like it's, honestly refreshing like you hear a lot of the same sounds come from bands and this isn't it so dark sun is something all on its own yeah thanks yeah it's always uh that's funny you said that because it was it was like cool seeing um like the reception that sleep talk got after it came out but then it didn't really start to settle in until we like we started working on like neon grave was like the first song we started writing for the album and then it was just like it was just like immediately second guessing like everything we were doing. Cause I was like, man, people like really, really liked um, that album sleep talk. And so it's just yeah. like, 
damn, like, I just hope, you know, and I'm sure there are going to be some people who are like, yeah, like, the new album's good, but, like, it's not sleep talk, and, I mean, but I think, like, I think if you just, like, kind of listen to it with, like, a fresh set of ears, and you're not trying to look for, like, like, sleep talk part two, because that's always kind of weird to me, too, and I'm like, you literally, you just want the exact same album again, like, right at, I don't know, like, I'm like, I would hope you would have gotten older, and maybe want to hear something, like, a little different, like we do, you know? Yeah, and maybe go back and listen to Sleep Talk. Like, it's yeah. there for you, and yeah. it has not changed. That is there for you. And this record, I want to dive into it just right off the bat. So can we start off talking about Dark Sun and kind of the creative behind the name and the whole concept of the album? Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of... I mean, it was a lot of just, like, kind of compiling, like, instrumentals and just kind of, like, vibes sort of, like, first. And then we kind of dig a little bit more into, like, the lyrical stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I ended up writing, like, half of the album about my father after he passed away. And then uh, so there was, like, five songs on there about it. And, I mean, there's, like, Dream State, Neon Grave. Like, they kind of all touch on, like, different things. But uh, Dark Sun was just a very kind of, like... Um, like a metaphor basically for just feeling like the sun burned out like the day that my dad died. So um, that's kind of like a lot of this like sort of apocalyptic imagery in that particular track. But it felt like because so much of the album was about my dad that the title track should be like one of the songs about him. So um, it just had a cool feel to it. Um, I kind of just like, even before we got like the album artwork done, I just had a kind of, like visual in my head like not too far off from what we ended up getting back and i was just like oh i think it'll be like just a cool like a different vibe and like the really mm -hmm. blue and white like kind of a like girl in the bathtub from sleep talk and yeah. just like a little darker and uh but still kind of trying to keep those like sort of like uh like neon colors and you know to try and line up with like the sound of the album but um, yeah, very, very proud of it, but it, uh, we, we worked on it for like a year off and on. So it, it took a, it took a while to get done. <laughs> well, I'm proud of it and I didn't even make it. So it's, uh, Thanks, man. it's going to be something for everyone. And if they don't like it, they obviously didn't listen to it correctly. Um, and going through the loss of your father being something so drastic in your life, you obviously had emotions stemming from that, but in return, you had your daughter around the same time and they were actually able to meet before he passed. So I would imagine with those two huge, like catastrophic life events that there were some mixed emotions. Like you're sad about your father's passing, but you're excited for the life of your daughter. Like your whole world's going to revolve around her for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. How were you able to like differentiate the emotions and really turn that into something creative to work through it? I mean, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was tough. It was because it was even like the experience of like, because I was, I was with my dad, um, like the last couple of days he was alive. He was just kind of in hospice and he was, he wasn't, he wasn't actually like conscious, but I think he could like hear us and stuff, but it was obviously like just a very, very dark kind of experience, but it was also just like, you know, it's just like a lot of like off and on, like crying here and there. But then like my daughter, she was only like six months at the time and just so just a very kind of sweet and chill baby and so she would just kind of be like smiling or like laughing and so she was a nice kind of like buffer between like a really horrible like experience yeah. and, and I think I'm very thankful that like 
I had like my daughter after my dad passed because it was like it's I mean like it's still horrible like losing your parent but I feel like having her there as like just like this ultimate distraction of like like so much love and like joy it was like a nice thing to like I don't want to say take my mind off of like that experience but it just I think it helped me like make sure I wasn't just like wallowing in just like this like really tough point in my life um and I think like I don't know I feel like it's just when I get locked into a song I just really try and like throw myself back into it so like Dark Sun I obviously just like really tried to pay attention to how I was feeling at the time but then you know on the flip side there's like Afterglow I wrote about my daughter and it was uh it was nice too because we like kind of worked on that one like it was like the last song we worked on for the album but it was uh it was better because afterglow was actually the second song like instrumentally that i brought to our producer after neon grave and uh we sat on it for like a long time and i was like trying to write for it but it ended up coming out better i think um like the longer she was alive because then there was all these like aspects of like I had gone away on a couple tours, so I was, like, experiencing, like, those those emotions and, like, kind of feeling like I was missing out on, like, these, like, small milestones in her life because I'm, I'm gone on the road. And then, uh, so, you know, just kind of trying to dive deep into that. And then even, like, um, there's a track called Homesick. So I feel like Homesick mm-hmm. is, like, a good, uh, is a good kind of description of what you're talking about because I kind of wrote it specifically about, like, like, like be it, like knowing that I'm in a really dark period of my life with my dad passing away, but there were still like people, places and things like my daughter, like her mom, like, or just experiences like touring and just feeling like music was paying off where it was like, like, like making me feel like it was okay to be happy again through a really dark time yeah. in my life. So that was like our like soft attempt at trying to write something like more uplifting. And it's, it's still like kind of sad sometimes, <laughs> but it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was try, trying to like, I guess get the best of both worlds with like really sad stuff and really happy stuff. But it's, it's tricky for sure. It's also like a thousand times easier to write a sad song as opposed to. a happy Yeah. Song. Yeah. Well, the big thing about Afterglow is, like you said, like you worked on making it a more positive ending, which thinking about it now, like the album concept being Dark Sun and then the song being called Afterglow, ending it with that track, which the subtitle, I guess what you call it, Hazel song, like yeah. that's for her. Like this is exactly what season you're in now. And the vulnerability behind that track really stuck with me of like, I'm not a father, but my best friend and his wife just had their um, baby last week and being able to like I met her yesterday and was able to hold her for the first time and seeing something like a person so tiny, like so helpless, so innocent. Um, She's pretty chill too, like no crying. It was great. But being able to see and hold someone that small, it's like you can't help but be joyous in that moment. And knowing that someone's life is going to be revolved around a child for the rest of their life, like uh, whatever you do on tour, whatever you do for work, like everything is like providing for that child. So with you opening up about that and like being on tour, being away while those like small milestones are happening and her getting a little bit bigger every time you come home, yeah, it's bittersweet, but like this is also what I would assume was your dream all along, like being able to do this and finally have a family. 
it's a double-edged sword like you're never gonna have like the perfect life but you're embracing it and it sounds like you're healing from it yeah i'm uh i'm trying you know it's i think now it's like uh like if i had had my daughter a few years ago like like pre-sleep talk i actually don't know if i would have like kept doing music as like seriously as we have been just because like it wasn't really like it was only like up until like maybe like a year ago that i like i i came home from a tour and i was like I don't like, I don't think I need to work a like a job anymore. Like I had like, thankfully like made enough money to like pay my bills and then some, and then I knew I was going to make more on like our headline. So I was just kind of like, Oh, like I had like my transitional moment where I was like, I can now make a living like just touring. But like, that was not, that was not the case uh, before sleep talk. So it's interesting to think about because now it's like, it is sad, but I also like, I just kind of have to constantly remind myself that I'm, I'm going on tour like to make money for her and to like put food on the table. And, and it is, uh, you know, and you're right. I mean, it is like also just something that I was like working really hard for, um, for a really long time. And I, I'm lucky that her mom is like, uh, like very cool about the whole touring thing. Cause we, we had a talk like the day she was born and I was just like, I'm not quite ready to like stop writing and like touring and stuff and she was like yeah like i totally understand that so she's kind of a a champion when i'm gone she basically is just kind of like with my daughter like a huge majority of the time but it's also like you know i put money away for her for our daughter so it's like i hope it's like appreciated but it is uh it's tough man and i there are times too on tour where like i feel guilty because like i'm not there to help as much when i'm gone but um it does it's just things are going so well for the band right now. It feels like it would be like a shame to like stop like right now, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, of course. And y'all have accumulated such a fan base as well. Like we were talking before we started recording at Blue Ridge, the computers got hot or something and you weren't able to do your full production. You yeah. just came out with an acoustic guitar and that's terrorizing for most, but you were able to work through it and it was actually like, not saying the set wasn't going to be amazing, but that was a memorable moment. Like a lot of people in that crowd are never going to forget that they had that intimate moment with just you. And of course, like band lineups change and et cetera, and people get to know someone and then they're gone. It's like Rory's the one really piecing everything together for like the lyrics and all this good stuff. So like they got to have that moment with you. I felt like I had a moment with you. I was like, after you got off, I was like, dude, like, whatever that was, just keep doing it. Like it was crazy. And it's incredible to think about like the rise of Dayseeker as a whole over the past few years. But how long has Dayseeker been a thing? Probably close to like 10 years now, um, which is wild. But I mean, it really only started picking up a few years ago when Asleep Talk came out because we were kind of trying to still, I think like we had like a small, like really really minor rise in popularity when we first like got signed to Invogue Records and and we were kind of like really based in like metalcore and post-hardcore like like very like half screaming half singing like a lot of the time and so I think like we just kind of kept writing it and I feel like I feel like it was still pretty like authentic on like the first two and then I feel like by our third album um it's called Dreaming is Sinking Waking is Rising I feel like there are some good songs in there, but I also just felt like even while we were making the album, like there were just times where I felt kind of like 
uninspired or I felt like I was reaching like creatively because I just didn't feel like our hearts were like, well, like, cause we didn't like, none of us listened to like a lot of metal or hardcore. And then we were just kind of like, I don't really get like why we're writing um, this music <laughs> still. And then uh, I think, oh, of course, I think we were just scared to like branch out into something different. I think there's, there's so many bands who like, they try and go softer and I feel like their fan base just kind of eats them alive. And we were, but then it was funny because I feel like it was the opposite for us. Like we did it, and then it like was. a lot of our fans were like, "Oh, like finally!" We were like, "Oh, okay." Like I didn't. I thought people were gonna hate this when we tried to go softer, but it's. Uh, I'm happy. Yeah, like that things are. It took a while, but I'm, I'm happy. It, it yeah. seems to finally be going well. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Well, it's obviously pop infused and this album is a good bit softer, but it's counterbalanced with the heavy stuff as well. Like it worked and it's phenomenal. Like it, and I was talking about it the other day, you guys being packaged with bad omens on this next tour is a perfect package. Like you're yeah. both kind of walking that genre line, which you guys are like six different genres. Like personally, I would say, but like uh, going back to the album that you just spoke about dreaming is sinking waking is rising every time i get in the car abandoned turns on i just turn it up because like it'll go on (laughs) shuffle or whatever and i'm like heck yeah like this is good stuff so the fact that people are starting to learn about you now still in 2022 you've got about 10 years behind your belt what did it look like coming up like obviously you did warp tour you've toured the country in vans like it's not the most glamorous lifestyle in the world. And a lot of people don't realize, like you said, like up until maybe a year ago, you still worked a job. I know people that are in really successful bands right now in the public eye, and they still go home and work normal jobs. What did that look like for you? It was just so much, just so much grinding and grinding. I mean, like the first tour we did in the U.S., yeah, I think it was about 10 years ago. It was with like Kingdom of Giants, um, and then this local band from San Diego called Adestria. And it was just like, I mean, well, I had only been to like a couple states outside of California at that point. So like the first tour was like, and we were seriously playing to like 40, 30 or 40 on like a bad night and like maybe a little over a hundred on like good nights. And we were still just like, so like ecstatic. Cause it was like, we're on a tour. Like it's a real thing now. And uh, it's just, but it is funny. Cause it's like, I think like the longer, you tour it's like the hungrier you get for like better touring opportunities like like actual venues like you're not playing like a hookah club you know in like denver or something <laughs> and it's just uh it it really yeah so warp tour i think was like a really big turning point but then we did another tour after warp tour um 
with this band Palisades. And uh, it's just, I don't know why, but that's, the tour just like did not do very well a big Sure. A big majority of the time, it wasn't like horrible most of the time. But I, I could tell, like, I could tell we were kind of, and I think that was right around when Dreaming is Sinking, like a little bit after that had come out. And I think we were very much like, yeah, like, I don't think I can keep doing this much longer. Like, I, I think we really wrote Sleep Talk as kind of like a, like, if this goes like how all the other ones have gone in popularity, I don't know if we're going to be a band much longer. Cause it was just like, yeah, driving like 10 hours to play to like, 80 people and do a couple hundred bucks in merch a night and you're just like so sleep deprived and just like living in a van it's just yeah it's it's like the juice is not worth the squeeze you know but um yeah i think when we when sleep talk came out and we did a we did a tour with wage war um that was when we mm-hmm. kind of were like and it was funny because i think it came out the day that that tour started and even just the lead up hype of like the singles we had dropped before the album came out, like the live experience was a lot different. And then obviously the pandemic happened, which it seemed like a bummer because we were, I felt like we were just kind of hitting our stride and we were, but I feel like it like, like that album, I feel like became a lot of people's like quarantine album because there was like yeah. nothing to do. It was a, yeah, it was a hard time. And uh, I think, it was like it had such a chance to like kind of like marinate that by the time we came back to we picked up on a tour with like we came as romans and the devil wars Prada, yeah. and that was especially kind of like an oh shit moment there was just a lot of like oh my god like there's a ton of people who sing along now like the energy is just very different and then uh yeah i mean we did our first proper headliner uh earlier this year and it was just like crazy it was just like it definitely feels like over the last couple of years like we've I don't know, like, it just feels like we're a real band now. Like, not not like we've, yeah. I mean, we've been a band for a long time, but it definitely was just kind of like a, you know, just all the touring opportunities that we, we have, even for, like, next year that we, we haven't announced mm-hmm. yet. It's just, like, really, really cool stuff. Cause, and it's, like, stuff we wanted for a really long time. But you're right, man. It's, it's an absolute grind. It, even now, like, with the shows being good, there are times where I'm like, this is hard. This is really, really hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, you were persistent and you stayed the course and now you get to enjoy the benefits of it all. And it's funny you bring up the Wage War Tour because it popped a random memory in my head. We were doing Radio City Music Hall the night that y'all were in New York City. And after I got done, I got an Uber and like went to the Gramercy Theater and they were like, oh, it's sold out. So I spent 30 bucks on an Uber, didn't even get to see the show, but I made an attempt to be there that night. And um, just a random memory. It's yeah, so I'm fun. Sorry, I think I'll yeah. let DM. Those shows sold out. Uh, <laughs> sorry, we sold out. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> I got I got to see the venue outside, and uh, people were packing up trucks and stuff. Or like, I guess y'all played first and, and packing up the van and stuff. So it was fun. Yeah. But yeah. in your music, like historically and in this record, you open up about your mental health quite a bit, which is something I like to open up about and talk about as vulnerably as possible because so many people are out there struggling and we did this event uh the past two years called choose to live and it's like so many people out there are struggling and we try to bring as many people together as possible like um a lot of my audience is in the faith-based circuit so of course we have like the christians but then we have like atheists like agnostic like everybody come together for one event like we're not talking about anything other than mental health i'm gonna pull out a nerf gun and shoot you if you go into something else like 
it's it needs to happen and the vulnerability that you're opening up to in your music is helping a lot of people whether you see it firsthand or not like i can imagine when you're at shows people come up to you and are like man you saved my life like your music helped me through a really dark time is mental health something that you've like struggled with in the past and if it has how have you been able to overcome it um you know it's funny i feel i mean and probably wouldn't imagine it uh like off of our music but i feel like for a really long time i've been like pretty okay with my mental health and mm -hmm. I, I think i have like I have like songwriting to thank for that because I feel like since I was like 15 or 16, I've, it's been like a very like cathartic, just like kind of release. Like I, I've gone through like breakups where I've just been like so sad and heartbroken. And then I would like write songs about it. And every time I would like feel like I translated like really negative feelings into something that was like uh, some form of like art or something that was productive, it like made it feel less uh like in vain to me like i was like well yeah i got dumped but at least like i wrote uh this song about it <laughs> and uh it's, it's i wouldn't say it's like self-torture but it's interesting i like i had this side project called hurt wave and i was i like just started talking to this girl who historically has not been very kind to my emotions or like i mean i've been writing songs about her since our first album and there's wow. uh, there's one about her on like even on the new record there's there's still like songs about her and it's like but i like walked into the situation going like at least if like this goes badly like i'll have stuff to write about and like sure enough <laughs> i ended up writing like i wrote this song called overdose about her on our uh her wavy p i wrote this song called my father said um and then i wrote without me about her on the new album uh like just you know random stuff so it is i'm lucky that i have songwriting and it's it's funny that i've I've kind of started talking about it more and more, but it's like, I find in my personal life, it's really easy for me to be like very open and talk about like anything with anybody. Like sometimes people are like, Oh, I don't know if that's like hard for you to talk about. And I'm like, I talk about like my dad passing away, like every night on stage in front of like yeah. hundreds of people. Like it, it doesn't really like phase me anymore. And it's, I feel like I actively do it because I know this like, specifically like a lot of my guy friends are not down to be super open about their emotions their feelings and i feel like it's that stigma of like if you're a guy it's like just shut up and be tough and and swallow it but then i know from personal experience too it's like if you stifle like emotions you're feeling or things you're going through you're just gonna explode one day or you're just bottling it up. It's just like not healthy for you. So I, I always encourage like my friends and pretty much anybody to just vent and talk about how they're feeling. Cause I feel like it's different when thoughts exist in your head as opposed to like vocalizing them out loud. But I'm lucky that I've had it, but it's, it's actually funny. Cause like, I feel like, well, it's not funny at all, but I, I feel like, uh, I feel like recently, like I've had a lot of, uh, like more anxiety than like I can remember having like ever in my life. And it's, I don't know if that's like, I'm not saying like it's my daughter's fault, but there is just like so much responsibility in like taking care of like this tiny human and so much overthinking of like, is she like doing well for her age? You know, like, am I doing everything right? I can as a parent on top of like, 
my father being gone and then like the tour it's just like the touring schedule picking up which is like cool but then it's just like it's like I don't usually like think like this but I looked at the bad omen schedule or I like sent it to one of my friends and she was like She's like, I'm, she's like, I'm already tired for you. And then I was like, yeah, it is a lot of shows. <laughs> I was just like, like, it's just, um, you know, so it's interesting. And I, I, too recently I've had like a lot of, um, like stomach problems that I've been looking into, mm-hmm. but I know like my buddy, um, my buddy, he's one of our managers too. His name's Garrett, uh, from silent planet. He was like, mm-hmm. he also has a lot of stomach issues. And he was telling me that like, he, uh, ended up going to like, a psychologist and basically got prescribed like a really low dosage anti-anxiety and that it mm-hmm. basically cured all of his because i guess basically like when you get stressed or anxious you can like turn a lot of like stomach acid and i guess it was like damaging um like the inner lining of his stomach and so i guess he got this like small anti-anxiety thing and then it made it go away so now he's fine and so i actually i went to the doctor like three weeks ago and they gave me like anti-anxiety meds um, on like the lowest dosage I can get. And I've, I've always kind of been like anti-medication, but sure. I also just feel like I'm like, if it's low dosage and it can help me and I'm not like relying on it too hardcore, like it's fine. Um, but it is like, yeah, I mean, anxiety is a very real thing, especially like, I think too, it's like the social interaction it shows. Like I, yeah, like, there's just kind of this pressure when you interact with people that you have to just be like very charming, very kind, very nice. And I I don't think like that's, it's hard to be nice to people, but I just think like. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists. The way we measure time social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I feel like I've tried to be generally pretty nice to our fan base anytime I've interacted with them. And it's just funny. Like, you'll just read a comment where, like, somebody would be like, I met him a few years ago and he was a and you're just like, I'm like, I don't. I really don't think that happened or like if I did, it's just weird how people can just like, because there's definitely times where I've gone to talk to the crowd and it might've been like an hour or two hours straight of people just coming up. And I'm just kind of like enduring a lot of just trauma dumping of people just going like my Mm -hmm. dad died, my mom died, the cancer, the drug addiction, it's just all this stuff. And it's like, I feel a lot for people. So it, it, uh, 
I feel like it weighs on me a lot. And then I feel like if I maybe, I mean, there's other nights where I'd go out there and I, I would still do all the same things, but I just, there's just some nights where I'd be a lot more like, let's go. I'll talk to anybody. And then some nights where I was like, I really don't want to go out there. I'm really tired. I, I like, I, I don't feel like happy in this moment but you just kind of have to go and it's like maybe if somebody caught you on a night where like you weren't being like overly enthusiastic about meeting them they might just be like that guy's and it's like it's like people yeah like i'm on like three hours of sleep and uh you know and i'm tired and and too like a lot of times on tour it's like it's it's a lot more about like my a lot of our conversations it's just like a lot of like thank yous and like i appreciate you because i have to save my voice because i can't like I used to like get into like really lengthy conversations with fans and then I'd go up stage to perform and be like, my voice actually feels like more tired because I, I spent yeah. a lot of time talking to you. So it's, uh, I mean, I'm thankful, but like, I haven't really like ever felt like feelings of like suicide or anything. I think yeah. my, my thing is a lot more like anxiety based, but I'm trying to fix it. And it's, it's definitely, I think worse lately than, than it has been like in my life ever. But like, it's, I'm just like, I'm thankful it's a minor case, you know, cause I know there's like a lot of people I'm close to who are like, it causes them to feel suicidal or just like the worst thing is going to happen at all times. And I feel pretty optimistic for, for the most part, but I mean, I mean, life's hard, you know, it's hard to be happy like 24 seven. It is. And I mean, I've been around bands that don't do meet and greets anymore simply because like they have a huge hit song that is about something sad and every single meet and greet, like every single person in the line, hundreds of people a night would come up and share the exact same thing. Like I lost this person. I lost this person. It's like, that's not good for like the individual's mental health. That's getting all that unloaded on them and not saying like people shouldn't feel open to talk about it, but like, you also have to realize like, yeah, they're being vulnerable and you feel connected to that person in that way. But like, they're a human too. And they just heard it 200 times. Like maybe re like, I don't want to tell people not to, because that might be something for <laughs> that they really need, but it's yeah. like, it's a, it's hard. Like you do feel like you have to turn it on and turn it off yeah. and you can't be optimistic and super on this adrenaline high a hundred percent of the time. You're just going to crash. So yeah, like I don't, I wouldn't sweat it. Like, yeah, people are, no. you're not going to be able to make everybody happy ever. So like the, no, you I'm might give them you. a hurt wave every now and again. <laughs> no, I'm happy you said that, man. Cause it is like, uh, I'm, I'm happy that you, you understand that. Cause I feel like, like that's been like a weird thing. I've tried to like think about how to talk about that. Cause it is something where like, yeah, I don't want to like come off ungrateful or like insensitive because that's not it um and i i usually read like most message requests i get and that's like a little bit more manageable but you're right well when you think about it like you're not being negative or ungrateful it's like you're protecting the rest of the shows and the rest of the fans that want to see you perform yeah. and if you're out there having these individual exchanges like I've heard it said best, like, do you want to encounter, like, and have that moment with as many people as possible and impact them in that way or just one person? Because you can't do both all the time. So, yeah. like, no, nah, don't feel bad about that. Like, and people that are listening aren't going to feel like you're coming across as ungrateful. Like, it's a lot. 
you're a very emotional writer. You're encountering a lot of people. A lot of people are hearing and seeing these music videos and the imagery that you've built out of vulnerability. So you're running the good race. I think you're doing an amazing job. And really to just close this out, if someone's out there struggling right now, maybe they just lost their dad or they're going through something just to where they're not going to hear it on meet and greets and stuff. What would you say to someone struggling in this moment right now? Um, just that, I mean, from my own personal experience with like my mom, my mom was a drug addict when I was younger and it just felt like most of like, most of like my teenage years up into high school just kind of felt like a constant sort of uphill battle and just like this relentless, just like, like, this is a lot for how young I am. And I like, is this just this constant inner question of like, does this ever let up and do it can i catch a break at some point i'm like you know i'm happy that like again like i never had feelings of like suicide but i had a lot of feelings of just like i like life is not fun like a lot of the time and i'm i kind of just stuck it out and now i'm happy but i'm like i i mean it took a long time but like i have a career in music like i have a daughter like i like my like in my 30s like i'm 33 and i feel like the last couple years of my life have been like the like my favorite part of life so far and even like my 20s for the most part were like like a blast and so i guess just to remind people like you know just to get it time things can get a lot better um i mean for my own personal thing it's just like yeah not to hold anything in if you can train like it doesn't have to be music but if you can take something with your pain and translate it into something positive i think it'll help you feel a lot better about it and there are so many resources I feel like these days for people to get help like mentally. Um, I mean like your, your friends are great obviously, but like um, I'm like a, a big supporter of like heart support. I think they even have like, I'm pretty sure they have even like an anonymous message board so that if you want to, you can just like open up about like very real experiences you're going through, but you like, if you didn't feel comfortable in, in saying like, this is yeah. me and my name, like you can still get like help or advice, like from people, but they're, they're a great support system. And, and yeah, I would just say just to exercise, just try <laughs> probably not too many drugs or alcohol and just try and take yeah. care of your body. But I mean, there's a lot of resources out there for people to get help and, you know, I think you just got to kind of stick through the bad times to get to the good ones. Yeah. And I love that you bring heart support up. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, you can comment in the comment section below and it goes automatically to the heart support wall and uh, people will be able to interact with you and offer you some support in this time. Um, go to heartsupport.com if you're struggling today, deathtolife.com. Uh, beneath the skin, there's so many amazing resources just like Rory was just talking about for you out there and we want you to choose to live today and every single day so don't give up hope go check out dark sun um, they've got some amazing pre-order bundles out right now and i assume a lot of really cool things on the horizon after hearing everything you've discussed in this rory so thank you for being here thank you to everybody for listening if you're new here or if you're old here like i know this is a little bit different of a conversation but you know what this album's a banger Rory's got a great heart, and I'm so glad you guys joined us for this today. We'll talk to you next week. Bye now.
There's nothing in this world that he cannot do if we truly allow his love. We can do nothing without him. Anything that we do apart from him is not something that's permanent. We all need his grace. That's everybody. We are all broken people on our way to a place that we believe is, is waiting on us in heaven. You can find more of Bridges with Monica Schmelter at lifeaudio.com. In Christ, we are all one family. Amen.